handle the truth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Saturday Night Get Right. I pray that everybody is safe and sound on this Saturday night and that you are in tune because tonight we have a really, really great show. Um, tonight, I'm bringing back a uh, Mr. Frank De Palma. If you've been watching the show for a little while, you have seen this, this gentleman. Um, he has spent a total of 43 years in prison. 23 of those years he spent on solitary confinement. He's been home for a little over a year now, and uh, I've really been kind of trying to document his return back into society. Uh, it's It's been a very tough one for him, but uh, he's he's got it, you know, and, and he has written a book that is now um, being published and is getting international notice. So I think everything is going to be all right for this guy, but... Um, so I'm bringing him on, and I'm bringing on a, another guest as well by the name of Jessica the Ghost. I've done a show with her and uh, what she's going through out there in, in Vegas and, you know, trying to document a little bit of her life. So we're going to have them both on tonight. We're going to catch up with what's been going on with Frank. Um, he's had a little adventure of himself. So that's really kind of the premise of tonight's show is to bring back on and just tried to give you, America, a glimpse as to what we go through when we come home from prison and especially the stint that this man has has done, you know, so and then on Jessica's side, you know, I'm trying to give you a bird's eye view into uh, a single female out here um, just trying to survive in a brutal world by herself. So uh, without further ado, let me bring these two beautiful humans in. To the cell block. What is going on? Good evening, guys. What's up? What's up? How are you, Thomas? All okay. right. I need Frank to come up just a little bit. No, just. I just got a little head. Yeah. You... <laughs> well, hold on. I don't think we can say that on TV. Hold up. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, what I need is the phone to come down just a little bit. So we got. Okay, okay. now you guys can go back. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Is that better? That's perfect if you can hold that. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so how you guys doing, man? All right. Uh, it's up and down. Um, you know, now that he's. Uh... Now that we're back in each other's lives again, you know, just because, you know, Reno has this way of pulling people apart when you need them the most because there's such crazy stuff that happens that you wouldn't, you would think is not a problem, but it, it creates problems just by meeting people, by, you know, by being vulnerable and, and, and being where he was gone for so long and coming out to a different world. These people take advantage of that. And uh, when I was gone, uh, unfortunately, that happened to him where uh, someone came into his life and kind of messed a lot of things up for, for, for both of us. And it's kind of actually tied together. Both of our experiences and our, our troubles and our trials are related. And, you know, uh, it's hard to live through that and to continue friendships and not hate each other and, and 
have an open mind and, and Frank is the only person that has an open mind um, that I've experienced that is truly non-judgmental and, and wanting to understand what's exactly going on with me and, and, and I understand what goes on with him and it, it's, like, it's like, like we're alone. We're like alone against this whole network of, of bad people, a community of bad people that want to keep oppressing us and, and, and landing us in jail or in trouble and not letting us thrive. It's terrible. But we're making it through it. So, so what does a day in your life look like? Mine? Well, and just in you guys' life, you know, and what you guys got going on right now. What, what does a day look like? He's used to uh, more of a, a schedule kind of thing. You know, I know, like, uh, being gone in, in institutionalized for so long, you know, he's, he's probably used to getting up at a certain time and, and getting things done. And, and whereas I'm, I'm a little more laissez-faire, lazy, I guess. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, it's kind of different. Day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but then again, there's that there's that um, commonality between us, and um, which I think um, we got to work towards because I'm not always the nicest morning person, and you know, uh, my my respect for people is kind of out the window, and I have to learn to do that with him because he's respectful towards me and, and not cause conflict. But once we get all that out of the way and we have our coffee and we kind of figure out what we got to do throughout the day, um, you know he needs me for certain things that he doesn't know how to do. And, um, it's, I try to help him the best I can. This is a process for me to be nice. So that's my whole thing is I have to be nice now. Um, and, 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 and be more aware of his feelings and, and I'm not so good at that always. Mm. (laughs) Um, but we, we kind of just make things happen. You know, we've got goals in mind throughout the day. We try to do that. He tries to remind me, of things that we need to do or what we're working towards. Um, so let me ask you this, Jessica, what, what signs yeah. of, what signs of, of prison do you still see in Frank's daily life? Oh my gosh. The need to clean. That's the need me. To have things orderly. Um, not he's, he's, he, but he's, he's growing out of those things. You know, I'm, I think I feel more bad that my stuff is in his way because I know that he's not used to those things. So I'm trying to overcompensate and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm just making it worse. And it's simple, you know, prison life is is simple and, and, and repetition and stuff like that. And I just complicate it overly complicated. (laughs) When I tell her, it doesn't bother me. It actually doesn't with her. It doesn't with her. It doesn't. I can step outside of myself with Jessica because I understand certain of her traits, a whole bunch of them. Uh, uh, it's like she has different personalities at times, and uh, I've learned. I'm learning them. I'm learning them. And okay, this is Jessica, the angry person. This is Jessica, the the messy person. This is Jessica, the I don't give a shit person. Uh, you know, it's and then sometimes Jessica can be the sweetest most warm, beautiful, loving human being on the face of the earth as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's just, I gotta be ready at all times and I can't be. I can't be. <laughs> you know, I'm, my, my, my mind doesn't work as quick as hers. You know, I don't know how to flip flip that switch from this personality to the next. <laughs> and uh, 
but you know, I, I know her core personality. So when I tell her, Hey, it doesn't bother me. It actually doesn't somebody else. It'd be a different story, but she's kind of like special. So Frank, the last time that you and I did a show in between then and now you had an occurrence. What happened with you, partner? Uh, Jessica and I kind of parted ways. And I hate loneliness. I hate being alone. But it's all I know. It's all I know how to do or be. And when she was gone, my just world just, I just went into a deep depression. And mm -hmm. someone said, hey, there's only one way to, to beat that. And I took their advice after a while. And the first girl I saw, I, uh, he, he hollered at her, man. He's like, yo, what's up? Yeah, I, I told her, hey, what's up? You know, a buddy of mine was leaving. He said, I'm, I'll see you later, Frank. I invited her in. We talked and, uh, found out she was homeless and, uh, and I made her a proposal and, uh, she accepted, but it just didn't work out inside of me. I wasn't, I knew almost right away. It just wasn't right. Awesome. Uh, and and I was about to to pull the plug on it uh, when everything just went crazy. You know, I, I made a bad decision on November sixth. She uh, she was she has an issue with meth, and uh, that's all I thought it was. And she said, "Hey, you want to do a little bit?" And I said, "No, I'm all right. I don't I don't use that." And uh, and I said, you don't need it either, you know. And she got all weird and said, well, I'm going to go to my friends. And and when I'm done, I'll come back. And I said, you don't got to leave. She goes, well, it just feels really, I didn't want her to leave. I don't want to be alone. So I said, all right, give me a little bit. And I snorted a line of it. You know, <laughs> I was just awake. The next day. I had I was up all night. I hadn't eaten or anything. The next day, she went to a, a neighbor's house that lives in this same apartment complex, and she didn't come back. So I knew where they lived, and I went upstairs and uh, said, "Hey, you know, you want to move in here with me?" And uh, she goes, "Oh, come in." I said, "You know." So I went in. The guy said he had to go to the store. So I said, "Can I get a ride? I got to get a few things." So we went to the 7-Eleven, took maybe 10, 10 minutes. I came back. We went upstairs. I went to go get uh, this girl. And uh, she was on the couch just out of it. I mean, she wasn't just out of it. She was out of it. And I tried to wake her up, and she wouldn't wake up. And I said, what the hell is wrong with her? And he said, oh, she does this all the time. And I said, what is she on, man? He said, fentanyl. And I said, man, give her some damn Narcan or something, man. He says, uh, she'll pop out of it. Well, she wasn't. I was slapping her, calling her names, trying to get her mad or something. Uh, no response. And I said, hey, look, man, give her some. And he stuck this thing in her nose and pressed it. And about a minute later, she came to. She took a deep breath, you know, a gasp, actually, and uh, started freaking. And I got her calmed down and brought her downstairs. And he said, hey, grab this. And it was a baggie. Uh, of like pinkish powder kind of and uh i 
I told her, hey, you know what, man? Tomorrow we're going to talk because this is a deal breaker. You know, I've heard a lot about fentanyl and I don't want no part of it. So I went to the bathroom and I came out and it was on my desk here. It was all poured out. It was like three grams of it. Uh, I had a cut on my pinky. I got a little scar now, but someone told me I didn't even need a cut. But anyway, I said, oh, hell no. And because uh, she was smoking to get up. Narcan, I guess, makes you go through instant withdrawals. And she was trying to get over that. But I didn't want her doing that again. So I brushed it off into the baggie. And I said, you know what? <laughs> Watch. And I flushed it. And he freaked. And I said, tomorrow we're talking. You know, you're probably gone. And uh, she was going to be gone anyway. I'd already made up my mind. This ain't working. This, it, it, I, it was, I, was, I made the wrong choices. I just, my loneliness got the best of me. And, and with Jessica, I wasn't lonely. You know, uh, hell no, you can't be lonely with Jessica. And you can't be bored either. <laughs> uh, and, and so I'm sitting down and I'm thinking, you know, I smoked a cigarette, I'm sitting in my recliner. And about 10, 15 minutes later, my head starts to feel heavy. I'm thinking it's the stress. I've been up all night. I'm not used to really doing this shit. Uh, I haven't eaten. So I went to the kitchen to get some oatmeal and, and eat that. I wasn't really hungry still. And uh, when I got the oatmeal out, I, I don't know. I just looked and everything just seemed so far away. And I said, something's not right. I'm thinking, something's not right. I might have said it out loud. And I said, no, man, something's really wrong. And that's all I remember. Next thing I know, I'm waking up, and I got this Narcan thing in my neck. And there's a bunch of people in, in black, like, uniforms over me. And I freaked. I panicked. I'm, I'm not somebody to put on the ground. I, I won't stay there. Right. And, uh. And I just aggressively forced my way up and told him, I'm fine, I'm fine. I refuse treatment. There's nothing wrong with me. I was shocked to wake up like that. And uh, and when I got back into the room, uh, I was sitting in my recliner, and but they had already called the police. So the police comes and I let them in. <laughs> and uh, I'm not dressed or anything. And uh, the cop goes into the kitchen and he said, did he try to hit any of you? And they said, no. He just didn't want to stay on the ground and forced his way up. And uh, so he comes in and he handcuffs me. You know, it didn't make sense because they told him I didn't try to hit him. So he sit, I sit down and he goes to the car and he comes back in. And I said, can you take these cuffs off of me? And he said, hell no, you're going to jail. And, and so I just, I didn't say another word. I just sat there in handcuffs. Then I said, hey, can I get some, can I get dressed? He said, no, I'm not dressing you. So I went <laughs> the way I was uh, in boxers and bare feet and, and a blue nylon T-shirt. And uh, I had to get cleared through medical. So we were together for a couple of hours. And then when we got to Parg, which is the Washoe County Jail, he, before he went in, he goes, hold up a minute. And he said, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry about this. And I said, why the sudden change of attitude? And he said, you don't understand what I deal with every day. He said, but when I went out there and popped your name up, he says, you're on a Don system. He said, it stands for Dangerous Offender Notification System. 
And there's a red border and it says, consider armed and extremely dangerous because of my past history. And then it pops up murders, attempted murders, just, you know, violence and, and stuff. And he said, there was no way I was letting you stay. And, but, <laughs> whereas, <was> like, <laughs> but whereas the average person wouldn't have been arrested, but it's my history that got me arrested. Right. Well, they quickly dropped the, the battery charges. I was charged with battery on a protected person, but I didn't. And so that was dropped. However, there was a parole hold on me because I'm on lifetime parole. Uh, and so I had to go. I stayed there for 21 days in the county jail. For the first week, I was just in a total state of depression and I didn't care anymore. I was just, you know, if I die, I die. I'm just I'm done with everybody. This is my fate. But I got to thinking about certain people and I just couldn't stay like that. I owed it to them. So I forced myself to come out and made phone calls and everybody found out. And and then people that I've come to know uh, rallied for me. Uh, I stayed in the county jail for 21 days. I admitted to using meth. Uh, but I was violated and I had to go before the parole board uh, to see whether they're going to revoke me and put me back on my life. But Nevada, they there's so much of a recidivism rate that the prisons are just totally overloaded, overcrowded. It's, it's horrible. And so what they're doing in Nevada now is giving out for first violations, 30 day flash. The second one is 90 day flash. The third one is 180 day flash. And then after that, it's full revocation. So I was in the, the fish tank for 21 days and before I went to the parole board. After reading the letters that people have written for me, and I testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee on solitary confinement. And articles have been done about me. I've written a book. Uh, it's coming out soon. And, uh, and so the parole board said, you've done a whole lot of good things. What the hell is going on? And I didn't want to tell them that I was lonely. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. So, yeah. But I did. I said, hey, I just made, you know, bad decision. I, I made a bad decision. And I'm sorry. And I uh, hope you'll give me another shot. And so they came back and said, you know, you have done a lot, a lot of good since you've been out. It's been four years, Thomas. And uh, December 21st would have been four years. Uh, so they said, we're going to give you a 30-day flash, but we're going to give you credit for the 21 days you spent in the fish tank, which they don't hardly ever, ever do. Well, so when do they do that? They don't ever you know, and so I spent another week there, and I got out on a Wednesday a couple of weeks ago, I guess. And um, I reached out to Jessica. You know, <laughs> the no, she came back. You've been out four years already? Yeah, December 21st, 2018, just before 2019. Man, this time is flying, man. And what I say, you, you've you been out, what, two years a or year. something? Like, a year? A year. Jesus. Right. And this time is flying by, but so... And Jessica's in Reno, not Vegas. <laughs> what I say, Vegas? Yeah. Well, I don't know, because I've never been. I thought Reno was Vegas. Oh, Reno, no. No, it's like eight hours away. Oh, well, I see. I've never been. I, I've never even been to Vegas, so I have no clue. I always well, thought that. 
It's easy huh? to confuse them. It's, Reno's the biggest little city in the world. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So That's Reno, okay. We'll forgive you, Thomas. You're good. So Reno is eight hours from Vegas. Yeah. Yes. Towards the towards the west, towards Cali. Oh, now I'm about to get evicted. <laughs> yeah, this all caused for an eviction for him now too. So, you know, and 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 in my experience, this is exactly what happens. Um, that's how our, uh, um, the situation kind of intertwines is because everything that he just experienced is, is something that's made to happen by the same kind of people that have been uh, terrorizing me and, and, and the community ha harassment that I've been dealing with. And, and um, I've actually linked this woman to people that I know for a fact are part of the community stalking ring. And, and I said, oh, yeah, she, it wasn't just a random act that that girl was there for him. Um, I've experienced this several times with, um, um, my man that's in jail right now. He got incarcerated, uh, on the 20th of November. Um, but I had left for a couple of days and this girl just conveniently had to be there. And, you know, he brought her home and did whatever, which caused problems in our relationship because they, they, they try to find your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses as a couple, as a friend, as a, any kind of friendship relationship that can tear those apart because, me and him are dangerous together. Anybody coming against us is going to have a big freaking problem because they're not going to win um, unless um, unless we're at outs with each other. And, and that's the only time that they know that they can bring in these people to his life or my life. And Thomas, fuck it up. no one ever comes by. No girls ever walk by like she did. And I had already said to my buddy, I said, you know what? The next woman with half a body that walks by I'm going to hit on her. We'll get her in and see if, you know. And, but my conscience, yeah, anyway. Uh, well, let's go back to, because I want to break down all your events now. You know, I mean, you you downloaded a lot. So, going back to, to what you originally said, right? This is This is the key. This is the key thing that you said, Frank. You said you knew, you knew. It was a mistake when you brought that woman in. You knew that what you were doing was wrong. What made you continue knowing that you were wrong? Loneliness. Yeah. I just hate being alone. We, I'm the we same way, Barbara. We talk about that on the side. I'm not alone when Jessica's around. Um, right. my, we just connect. We have issues, but we just, the realness always reconnects. But but Even but before. but break this down, right? Because I want the listeners to understand, and I don't think anybody can break this down like me and you can. Because I know what you're talking about. Me and you, we we talk about this on the side, like like we were just talking the other night, you know. So explain to me how loneliness will make a human being do things that it knows is wrong. Well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I experienced in solitary confinement, you know, for those 22 years and 36 days, I didn't have any human interaction. And I broke away from this reality. You know, like I said, from 2006 until sometime in 2013, I have absolutely no memory. Uh, the pain of loneliness and of being alone it became more than just a bunch of words put together 
to describe a, an emotional state of mind, a being. For me, it became a crushing reality. It became a reality. And it became substantive. It, it, it just began to crush me. I would hear shrieking, people shrieking, ugly, horrible, nightmarish screams. And I was like, who, who, who? I didn't realize until later it was me in my own head. And I couldn't shut it off. I mean, I would see a bug on the ground and it could be a cockroach and I can't stand cockroaches, <laughs> but I would take food off my tray and put it on the ground, take a spoon of water and dump it on the ground and I would pet it. You know, uh, it was alive. It was alive. It didn't matter to me that it was a bug. It was alive and it moved and I talked to it. And then it was alive until all of a sudden it was dead. You know, bugs have a short lifespan. Uh, and then I, I could not deal with the aloneness anymore, being alone. And I spent my whole life in prison surviving. I came out here to learn how to live. And it's like I'm still surviving, you know. Uh, and then I met Jessica at, at an airport coming back from Texas. Uh, and I've come to know her very well. And we just connected. It was just it just. It was like a, a natural thing. Uh, so when, 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 when Jessica left and that loneliness hit you, right? It hit yeah. you like a, like a 12 like gauge a shotgun train. to the chest. No, like a freight train, a full out locomotive going full speed. It just slammed in me and I just could not deal with, hey, I, I just couldn't deal with it. I, I realized it. Um, when I came and saw him, um, cause I had some stuff that was here still and, um, one of my nights, I think it was cold. It just started to get cold. And, um, I, I went to came in to pick up something and he opens the door and I see this young lady and, uh, on, on the bed. And I just seen the way she looked at me. And I said to myself, Oh God, you know, I, I knew that it was going to be bad. Um, my, my biggest problem is if I know that that's fine, but not everybody would believe it. And I didn't say anything. And Frank wanted me to, to, you know, to stop him and say, look, you know, get that girl out of here, you know, and uh, I wanted her to tell me this is I belong here. I was I wanted to tell her, to, but she, it was like she had to tell me, but she didn't tell me. And that well, I wasn't going to uh, try to interfere, you know, I mean, but I wanted her to like, what if I'm wrong? You know, I mean, generally, I'm not wrong. I've come to find out, but I was told by others, you know, well, somebody else. Uh, there you go. Hi. They got Much it. better. Back. They're back. <laughs> I mean, I think um, what he experienced is something that I'm familiar with. And I was just away um, dealing with my own things just because I have so much anxieties and so much PTSD. And, you know, if I would have been here, none of it would have happened. Um, I, I, I do feel a little responsible for it. Um, I just was in my own world. Um bringing people into my life hasn't been good. And for someone like Frank, I, I, I didn't want to bring more heartache for him and more hurt and, and more issues because I got a lot. I got a lot going on for one person and I'm a lot for someone to take on. And I just kind of was selfish, I guess, maybe, I don't know. And I didn't expect it to happen. I mean, I, I definitely didn't expect another woman to be up in here. Um, <laughs> first, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they make sure I don't come in. You know, they 
<laughs> I didn't. They, they make sure I don't come in. Um, but I think I, I'm very, very aware of what he went through. And, and honestly, we're just gluttons for punishment at that point. It's, it's, it's better to have something than nothing. And even though we know that it's wrong, even though that um, all the arrows point to the wrong direction, it's like a dog running in circles to try to find its tail. Like, <laughs> I mean, we got a hell of a connection, Jessica and I. Like I said, we go at it. I mean, she, she, yeah, she's definitely more than a handful, more than a truckload full at times. But, but that feeling is just there. It just never goes away. That connection, that bond, that understanding, that desire to, to hey, man, it's going to get better. We're going to make it better. And I got people in my life that really have come to care about me. Jessica's on her own. She's on her own. And I understand. I try to, I try to. Think about, I try to think about the, the, the entirety of all that she's been through, and I can't do it. I mean, she's been homeless for like 23 years. Mm. She's very intelligent, very capable. She's a caregiver by trade. She has a degree in, as a, a nursing, nursing assistant. Nursing assistant. Uh, she's super smart, and she's, she, man, she's a jack of all trades. Mm. You know, maybe not a master of none, but she's a, a master in her own way and she gets things done she's been surviving for so long just like i was in my own way our stories are different but the impact the suffering the pain the anguish the rage the the hatred uh that we have both felt is the same but, I, but i've also felt the love in her and, and that's what i wanted to her you know because I lived without love basically my whole life. My mother's love is the only love I've ever known. Uh, but now, now, man, uh, you know, uh, you know, like I said, Jessica's my heaven and hell. My mother was my heaven. My father was my hell. Jessica's both. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I want to, I want to get into that. And I appreciate you saying that because like Jessica said, she she knows that she's a toxic person, right? She has toxicities about herself. And, and again, that goes into what we were talking the other night, you know, and a lot of times that's why I tell people that this is why I'm single, because I know that I'm a toxic individual. And I know that there are things about me that will hurt you that I still don't have control of myself over that I still have to figure it out. So I've chosen to stop getting into relationships until I can figure this out because of the toxicities that go through this. And Jessica is a, is a living example of this as well. This is a person who's been going from one toxic situation to another. And for her to say what she said, I don't even know if she realizes it, but for her to say what she said is monumental in understanding that about ourselves, because I'm a firm believer that 99% of the chaos that is in our lives, we bring into our lives, you know, and it's, it's, it's understanding how am I doing this? How am I bringing this into my life? I'm tired of it. You know what I yeah, mean? But, so, but, but you see, I, 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 I kind of step outside of that norm thinking. I believe wholeheartedly without waiver, without a doubt that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. 
I no one understands me as Jessica does in this area of pain and like I had described. And I understand her. But I gotta tell you something. Love to me is the most powerful force on the earth. When you don't have it in you to move forward anymore, if there's someone you love, you find that you have the strength to move on to them. And I just love her. And that's never gonna change. That love is never gonna die, no matter what. So to me, true love is being able to ha step outside. I, I did a tweet about that. I did a tweet that mm -hmm. true love gives us the uncanny ability to step outside of ourselves, our wants, our desires, and to look at the needs of someone else. It just happens that it's Jessica. I didn't intend to love her. I didn't. I'm 66 years old. She's 38. She's beautiful. My days are over, man. Mm. But, you know, she she's here. You know, she's here. Well, love and has nothing to do with age. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with age. It's it's just like you just said. It's 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 the ability to step outside of yourself is where true love resides. And and yeah. and like you and I have shared this before on how I think about love and and I always I always take it to the flower, you know, and, and I say that the one that picks the flower is filled with lust and the one that leaves the flower be is the one that's filled with love, right? Because when you leave that flower, you are not filling your egoic self. You're not, you know, you're not taking the flower because when you cut the flower to take it home, you're killing it instantly. Yeah. So you didn't care about the flower. You only cared about how the flower made you feel. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, and then these crazy human beings will take, they'll cut the flower off, take it home, put, dip it in acid, stick it in a book, all to try to preserve the flower in its natural state so that they can continue to have that feeling. That's lust. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's right. lust. And for me, and for me, like I told Jessica, just, just holding her. It takes me to a place that I can't put words to it. I can't articulate. You know, sometimes she cries. Well, a lot of times she cries. And, and because there's so much pain and anguish and hurt. And I feel it all the time. And I just want to take it all away. It's, but sometimes I can't. I, I know I can't. But I figure, hey, I love her. I care about her. Um, I want things to be legal for her. I don't want her having to sneak to be here and there. And I don't want her having to go count on people who don't care about her and just want one thing. For me, that intimacy, that kind of intimacy should be an expression of how you feel about someone, not just sex. And you can have that with anybody. You know, I, for me, it's way, 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 way deeper than that. You know, it's a spiritual thing. Well, that's, that's just what it is. Now, on the flip side of it, the person that leaves the flower, loves the flower, lets the flower be because it's the flower. You know what I mean? And and they leave the flower. Now, anything, they may try to get the flower more sunshine, make sure that the flower has oxygen, make sure that no animals are going to run by and, and trample on the flower. You know what I yeah. mean? You pr you he's protect the yeah. flower. Yeah, he's, 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 he's trying. He's doing that. I'm just... Um... What is the word? Uh, I mean, just last <laughs> night. I went through it just last night. I went through it 
worse than I and I was thinking, hey, this is this is I I gotta give up. I gotta give up. <laughs> but but I know in my heart, in my soul, there's no way. Because it's real. It is real. It's not an infatuation. It's not for me, it's all the way real. So why do we say this, Frank? Because I say the same thing. Right? I'm at the, I'm at the point, partner, to where like I'm on my last straw, you know? And and it's like it's I'm I'm putting all my chips in one basket. You know what I mean? So why do we feel this way, Frank? Why? Because, why because because I lived, like I said, without love, without any kind of relationships. I've always been an emotional, sensitive, feeling person as a child growing up. Uh uh, even my grandmother said he has so much emotion. It's either going to, he, he is so feeling, it's either going to help him in life or hurt him. And it came back. I knew I craved interactions, relationships. I was, a, you know, like my dad at one time, I was the life of a party. But when I, all those attributes, which I consider them to be, were robbed in solitary confinement. All my attributes, all my gifts were taken from me. We're attacked by solitary confinement. It's purpose, isolation, complete and total isolation from. And I experienced something that I wish I could articulate. And I try in my book. I try. I, I try every day. But unless you've gone through it, you really can't. And, and so I've experienced. I've experienced the depths of hell and despair on Earth. And, 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 and I found that the love in me is way more powerful than all that because it's never been gone. It was just buried. The seeds that my mother planted in me about love, relationships, they were there. And now Jessica poured water on it. And she didn't mean to. She didn't just by virtue of her being hurt. That's why I say I don't go simply by physical attractions. It goes way deeper. It goes way deeper. That's overwhelming. No, Jessica, yeah, well, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica's a, from, from my experience with this person, this is a, this is a beautiful person. And, and I'm perplexed as to why and how her life has been so tumultuous. But like I, like I say, right there is, she comes from a sorry family. I'm sorry. I told her I don't care for her family. They rejected her. Why? Because she's different. They I, used I, I wasn't blood. I wasn't blood to be, you know, to, to start off with. I never thought that was, you know, a true thing because I was a good kid. You know, I went to high school and, and I graduated high school. And I went to the Air Force and stuff. But my little sister was bad. And, and I always got in trouble for the things that she did for whatever reason. So by the time, um, you know, I kept moving and I wouldn't let people treat me and my son a certain way. And, and, and people talk because no one else wants to be accountable. It's easier just to blame, Oh, well she did this and she did that. And you know, uh, whatever. I don't really know what else they said about me up until recently where they actually have a reason, you know, cause I did finally snap. I'm not even gonna lie. You know what I'm saying? Last couple of years, um, being through what I have been through, you're fed um, up. Yeah, I, I had enough. And hey, I, and I, I like talked that. with someone, I'm not going to say who, but I talked with someone who's definitely very much involved in that. They did her wrong. And they chose me for whatever reason. 
and said and told me that she was so much more than they ever expected. They did not expect because most people crumble, go insane or kill themselves. She had enough of being afraid and her warrior spirit, I call it, you know, like I said, she's a hog, uh, broke loose and said, no, fuck you. Excuse my language. But that's what she said. And she won't back down from nobody. I don't care if you're six foot eight. She ain't backing down from you. Well, that's why I'd like to showcase her as well, because she is an inspiration for women who are not that strong, who are in abusive relationships and don't know how to get out, who don't know how to say F you, who don't know how to get out of the position that they're in, that are scared that they'll be out there alone. And and, yeah. and this is because here is a woman who, like we just said, is fed up and, and everybody, every human being has their line. You know what I mean? And it's when, Hers is, when it deals with her son, that's what she realized. She draws the line. This is a, oh, yeah, because she's a great mom. She, you ought to meet her son. It's He is the most respectful, most polite, but he's a sound person. And while all the years that she's been homeless, when he was, he was with her for 14 years, they were, he was homeless with her. Do you know that he has never spent one night on the streets? Not one night. In all the years that she had him on her own, struggling to survive, she always made sure he had a roof over. Man, and plus, when I first met him, man, I see him in her. He's got a strength in him that just, just like, oh yeah, he's gonna. I know he's gonna make it in this world. He's gonna be a success, you know. And and people don't see this about Jessica. They only see her running around dealing with bullshit and just yeah. Sometimes she goes overboard. You know, uh, sometimes she becomes overwhelmed and then she becomes chaotic. And just if you're in her way, if you're in her line of fire, you're subject again. <laughs> you know, so it's best to step aside. Uh, when people start messing up, I tell them, don't expect me to back you up. I got no part in this. <laughs> and I step aside, you know, because I know how she can get. You can't. Not, not, not too many women have, can do what I do for several reasons. I think that I my life as bad as it's been, has kind of prepared me to deal with situations that crumble people to their knees. There's no doubt about that. I, I have not found one person. If you look up community harassment and, and gang stalking, uh, there aren't too many people that have come as far as I have and that has not lost their freaking minds. I mean, my son is in foster care. I, I've lost everything that I worked for. Um, I was pushed past insanity, but luckily it was already a little crazy at that point. You know, I've, I've dealt with things that, like I said, make grown men come to their needs and they can't deal with. Um, but here I stand and, and it was preparation unbeknownst to me or whatever. It's a, it's a blessing almost because if I hadn't gone through so many years of terror and chaos and, and, and sorrow and loss and grief and loneliness and abandonment, um, I wouldn't have made it, I don't think. You see, no, and with her PTSD, it's gotten to a point where uh, her anxiety, I've got bad anxiety and panic disorder. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. I don't have nothing on Jessica. I have, and she can't have a, a gainful job now. She has to have a little, and, but she worked. Just because she's been homeless, she showed me. She worked for many years, never missed a day. While she was homeless, she worked. And in school. And she's in school right now getting her uh, associate's degree in criminal justice, bachelor's, bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I don't she's, quit. 
I don't quit. That's, bro. What, I'm that's what it is. And I, that's I part quit. of what, on, on a physical level, what I, I acknowledge that, like, because to me, my name of my book, I hope it's going to be, is never to surrender. There was times I wanted to quit. I was tired of asking myself, am I going to die today? Okay. I got to a point where just let it happen. Let it be over with. But I would read a poem called Invictus, uh, and that always gave me an inspiration. Uh, it just fed me full of a, you know, and there was just something in me, and I recognized it in her. To say women don't have it is bullshit. Because it's easier not to have it. I could not, not have it. I could not. I know this. I survived in one way. I could not survive out here. No way. There was no way I could survive. I was homeless for a minute. I knew I was not going to make it. She'd done it for 23 years. Man, people have no freaking idea. Like, that's, that's what's no. so funny about these, these, these ignorant you know, people, people, man. Right. These ignorant ass people, man, that sit there and say, well, homeless people are lazy. They don't want to get a job. Do you know how much work it takes to even be homeless? Like, do you have a friggin' clue? It's, it's like they, they just see a homeless person laying on the sidewalk and they think that this person just lays there and does nothing all day. You know what I mean? It's, these people are so out of touch with what is going on in their own community. It's ridiculous. But on, uh, on the way home from the library today, uh, some Uber girl, her name, uh, Angel or something, she was driving me and uh, she was telling me about how she has serious medical issues and the bills just kept piling up and that she was on the verge of being homeless. And she said, you know, a lot of the homelessness here is because people have overwhelming bills, medical bills, medical issues, and they can't pay it. And they end up on the streets. They get evicted. And now what they're doing, and I'm so scared for her because they're turning, they're arresting homeless people now. They're, they're making being homeless and being poor a crime in Nevada. That, man, and, and no what, one's doing nothing about it. What do you mean they're, they're making homeless people They're arresting crime? you for for vagrancy, loitering, to get them off the streets. This new governor they got, he's, from what I understand, he's interested in gentrification, you know, building up, the, boosting up the, the economic wealth. And poor people, homeless people, don't fit in. What I saw but aren't, aren't vagrancy laws, isn't vagrancy laws like Jim Crow laws? I thought you couldn't arrest somebody for being homeless they're finding ways reasons to arrest listen i did not put my hands on any any ambulance people i come from prison and i say that's because i spent my whole life in there and there's a rule an unwritten law and you know it you don't put your hands on medical staff right if you do you're going to have a problem from other convicts and so that's ingrained in me and I would not just, it's inherent in me. I would not put my hands on a medical personnel. You know, uh, yeah, I did force my way up. But, but they just charged me. Even after the men, they both, they all told him, no, he didn't try to hit us. He just aggressively got up. He wouldn't stay on the ground. We couldn't hold him down. That's how panicked I was. I'm 66 years old. They were a lot bigger and younger than me. And they couldn't hold me down. But once I got back in here in the room and sat on my recliner, I was okay. I was okay. I just wanted them to go. You know, um, let's talk before we, before we wrap down, let's talk about your book that you got coming out and, and um, what that kind of entails and where that's at and, and what we can expect. Well, everybody's saying, uh, 
everybody that's read it, uh, all the professionals and other people that have read the manuscripts, they just say, we can't put it down. And, they, and this one lady said to Mary Buser, who co-authored, she wrote most of the book. She took my original stories. She's awesome. She's my best friend, you know. Uh, and, and we've become very close. And I let her into my life, my world. I knew I could trust her. Uh, it only took a week, and I, I knew I could trust her. And she's been there for me the whole time. And I let her in. And she had a very, very, very hard time writing this book. Because I, I mean it. I took her with me. I brought mm -hmm. her back in there with me. And she had many a rough, many a rough days and nights, but she stuck with it. And even Jessica, when she read the manuscript, she said, those sound like your words, Frank. And that was it, you know? And everybody, like they said, like one lady said, you made me fall in love with Frank while describing how he was and how he became, you was able to capture his inner innocence, you know, uh, which, Takes a heck of a, well, Mary wrote the book, uh, Lockdown on Rikers, you know, mm -hmm. she got awards for that and all that. And she's just a hell, and she was a assistant mental health director at Rikers Island. She saw things, you know, uh, but I took it a little deeper. I took her with me, you know, into my world and, uh, and she was able to deal with it. Uh, and everybody's saying that this book, you know, even a couple of producers said, if it, your book is anything like the story you just told, I see a movie, you know, and I would love to have a movie depicting the truth, not action packed, all that. I want the truth to be told. Just like I told Mary, don't ever make me out to be a hero. I was a scared kid, terribly afraid that went in at the age of 18 and I became a depraved, one of the worst people that ever walked that system. And that's not who I was born to, or meant to be, but that's what I became. Yeah, you both think it's the same person right now. Yeah, yeah. I, and I want I want I want the world to know, because the parents of a lot of children that go into prison, they don't realize that kids go into prison with maximum security inmates, especially back when I went in '75. That was survival of the fittest back then. But nowadays, you still have the gangs, you still have violence, and you have the psychological problems, issues, you know, and these kids go in with hardened, you know, criminals and, <clears throat> and they're scared to death. They join gangs because they're scared to death. Right. And they end up with more time because they were scared to death and people just write them off as whatever losers, you know, on any of us who have been convicted of felonies and, and did time, there's an air of, oh, yeah, he's one of those. Mm. You know, and, and and just like me, if I'm back in society because I paid my debt, then why did that cop arrest me because of my past? Right. When he was told, he, no, he didn't hit us. Right. Why not say, hey, you know, uh, but no, they took That's me away. Ignorance. That's ignorance. So where where does the punishment end? And the revenge begins. Well, your your record shouldn't even. I mean, it, it shouldn't even come into effect, right? Exactly. That's 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 the thing is that why is it? Why is our criminal background, our criminal history, so available, right? And 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 I know they're gonna the cops are gonna come and they're gonna say, well, because if you have violence, if you have a propensity to attack cops, we need to know that when we're going to the scene. 
yeah, but the thing of it is, is just like you say, it alters everything because now when you become privy of that information, right, it changes your whole thought process as a cop and it changes yes. how you're even going to approach the situation because well, now, go ahead. That cop told me when we got the park and he said, he said, you don't understand what I deal with every day. I, I deal with some badass people. And I have nothing but trouble. He said, but you have turned out to be the most respectful, compliant arrestee I've had in years. And I'm going to reflect that in my report. I've never seen the report, but, you know, uh, someone that read it didn't say, said, said it didn't say anything about that. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he just not. forgot, you know. But, I mean, look, I always feel like a third wheel wherever I go, except with Jessica, you know. Uh, <laughs> But I could be around people that like me, you know, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like they're looking through me. They're saying he's not one of us because I never feel like one, you know, like I belong in society. I feel like society just, you don't belong here anymore. Well, my father, my father has been watching. My father's 84 years old, had a tough life himself. But he says, keep the love you got in your heart, Frank, and you and Jessica will work it out together. Yeah, it's never going to go away. I'm never going to stop loving her. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's tried it. <laughs> but it's it's almost in the same position that I'm in is is just kind of understanding that right now, both of you individuals know that you have to you have to fix your life. You know what I mean? Like and that's how you guys complement each other, because Frank knows what and how Jessica, um, I guess, needs to or. Like, you know her triggers, you know yeah. how she gets herself into trouble and you can protect her from that. And it's vice versa. You know it's what I mean? It's hard to protect Jess because she's very headstrong. It's, you can't force her. I, I've been on my knees saying, please, no, don't do this. I'll be fine, Frank. I'll be fine. And, and she still does it. And all I can do is worry. And that's what I do. So, so how, what do we do about that? I like what? Just, what do we I do about you? I would love to tie her up and put her under the bed. No, no, I'm, I'm talking. I'm asking Jessica. Like Jessica, what? What? Where does the headstrong come from, and why are you not allowing yourself to listen in certain situations? Because she shut herself off. She believes. Oh, hold that on, Frank. No let, let her, her. Let Frank. Let her answer oh, for I, herself. <laughs> um, I. I figure maybe it, like, it's just gonna, like, what happened to him, you know, I feel responsible because I, I wasn't there, and I was doing my own thing, and I was selfish because I was trying to remove myself, because he want, he wanted something for me that I, I could give to him, and I, you know, I was wrapped up in, and falling in love with someone else, and knowing it was bad for me, I kept going back, because I know that that I, that dynamic I can't have with people that I have respect for, I don't think. Uh, I think that when it comes to relationships with men, my body automatically assumes the worst, and it kind of and it, it kind of just manifests that on its own. No matter he's not doing anything wrong, um, I just turn to bitch no matter what. And, and I, I'm not, I wasn't ready, I guess. Um, I, I've been going for so long, I don't know how to slow down and... Um, and listen, I don't, I don't listen. And, 
and um, I think that his patience is helping, and, and at just time, um, I have to be willing to accept it. I have to be willing to say, look, you know, I might care for this person, and I wanted this to happen, and, you know, even though that everything I did ended me up in, in jail the other day, you know, so, you know, somewhere along the way, I have to realize that my way wasn't working, and at least there's someone here that wants to help me. I just got to be willing to accept that, but you know, I, I'm afraid that I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to put out the wrong uh, ideas for him as far as what he's he want he wants in the relationship and friendship with me. Um, just because I am so broken and and there's things that I've missed out on as far I never had a real relationship. I I, I all the people in my life have hurt me, and and I can't just assume that and. Um, his reactions to me, are, I have trouble with sometimes because I could tell he's disappointed if I'm going to go somewhere or, um, and I assume that everybody's just assuming and that's a big problem because that, you know, there's sometimes she puts, a lot of puts things on me that it pops into her head that is not as the furthest thing from the truth. And, but once it's in her head, it has to work its own way out. And, and it does somehow it always, she calms down and, and she's like, Oh Okay, now I can hug her, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, but, I need a little bit of time, yeah. She, yeah. You just got to leave her alone. Yeah. But I'm an alpha personality, so is she. <laughs> and when she yells at me, I just, don't <laughs> stop it, don't be yelling at me, mm -hmm. you know. And if it goes on too far, she'll clock you, you know. And, and well, see, but, no, but see, that that's the thing is, is right there. What you're saying is very important, right? What you just said is very important is... Somebody has to know when it's going too far, when the emotions are starting to get too thick. Somebody has to be the person in that moment to say, uh, listen, let's split for a minute. Let's take yeah. a time out. Let's calm yeah. down. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like I'm failing her. I'm, I feel like she doesn't like sometimes it'll feel like she's equating me with all the guys that have screwed her over and a lot of them have and she um, is because because she says she which a lot of what she says frank is is how i feel as well so i know where she's coming from when she says that and she is equating you to everybody else you know what i mean and 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 that's the thing is is slowly but surely she's taking one brick down at a time but that wall is still there you and that's why I mean? I'm going to be patient for however long it takes, because I want her to know that there is at least one guy in this world that is all the way for her and her son. I love her son. He's awesome. Uh, and to me, this is my mother's dream and she, that the seeds I told you that has come alive. There can be nobody else for me. I'm telling you that right now. If she goes away, I'm married to my hands, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and every now and again, I'll go to the right hand and get the yeah, other one jealous. That's but big shoes to fill, Frank. That's I, I, a I know, I know. Of, but know. I tell her, I take you as I can get you. You know, I know she cares about me. I know she cares about me a lot. Somebody on the phone just the other day said, when she speaks about you, it's different than the way she speaks about anybody else. No, I always no know question. This, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just greedy. I want it all. Yeah, that's well, no, sure. and, but no, what, listen, you guys definitely care for each other, 
right? I know that because I've been dealing with both of you. And while you were gone, I was dealing with Jessica on the side. You know what I mean? And keeping up with her and what she was going through. And she had some some adventures that, you know, I mean, Jessica's called me at two, three o'clock in the morning. We've We've been texting each other. You know what I mean? So I know the difference when you're in her life and when you're not. I can tell instantly. I can tell in her messages to me that she hasn't been around you. And it's the same likewise as well. You know what I mean? I agree so with I, that. I, yeah. know that you you guys have, I know that you guys have a strong bond. So it's understanding how to keep that bond and make sure that you guys don't get into each other's way is essentially what it is, right? Yeah. And the best me way, reacting. the best way... But you yeah. guys have the whole layout. It's just making sure that you're applying it, making sure that, like you said, for you me, guys aren't. For me, the only answer is to become docile. And there's a part of me that just refuses to become docile. I can well, you be don't docile. have to. Well, you don't have to become docile, partner. Understanding is not docility. You know what? If docility is a word, I just make up words sometimes. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, that's, hey, that's what I do. That's, that's what I do, man. So, you know, but but um understanding is is knowing the truth and residing within that truth i do i do but sometimes my emotions and my desire and the fact that i want her to see and to know that i am not like anybody else she's ever known because she hasn't really met anybody real you know uh, and, and it's like i'm beating i'm beating my head against the but wall but listen how many how many times do you think that that woman sitting next to you has heard men tell her that <clears throat> Yeah, I know, but right. So, so, so this is what I'm saying, Frank, you have, you have to be patient because you know that this woman has been told this over and over and over again. And coming from the environment that you were in, you know, that words are cheap and you know, that actions speak louder than anything. So you being a man of that knowledge knows that you don't have to tell this woman that you're not like the others. All you have to do is just continue to show her because what you've been doing so far is why this woman keeps coming back to you and why this woman knows that you're her safe haven. You don't have to change what you're doing. Just continue doing what it is that you're doing because that's where her comfort lies at. He, 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 he it's doubts himself. He it, doubts himself. He has his own things. He doubts himself. He thinks that you're going to leave him. He's trying to secure his own his own heart because he knows how much is invested in you. So he's trying to force you to see the love that he has for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you won't leave him. If this is what's going on between you two. And yeah. what I'm saying is you guys just need to relax. Know, have knowledge that you guys are comfortable with each other and just let life be life and continue building upon yourself. Start the TikTok oh, yeah. thing. Like, I trust her. I, I knew from, I said something to her when, when, she, when we first, and, and she said, oh, I'm not this way. And I knew in that instant, she was telling it. I, I just knew it. And I trusted her. And she has never done anything unsavory or, or, or suspect. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that, you know, because I'm still a good judge of character. I still know the real when I meet it, mm -hmm. you know, and she's all the way real, you know, uh, and that's all I want in my life. 
Mary Buser, Nick, Nick Sheepak, uh, uh, Holly Wellborn, and other people, you know, uh, they're real people to me. And they give me hope. She gives me inspiration, motivation, and the determination not to give up. Because if I give up, then I'm failing her for real and her son. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are big shoes to put on, but I put on big, I've had big shoes forced on my, on me. And, and so I'm okay with that. I'll mm -hmm. take on whatever comes along as long as she and him are safe. And that every, I just want to take away all the, I want it to fade away and just like it's starting to fade away from me, all the horrors and the ugliness, there's good things happening. She's, been the most memorable and most rewarding experience I've had since I've been out. Jessica has filled my life with so much truth and knowledge and understanding and realizations that it's just boggling. Well, you know? this, this is what's funny, you know I mean? And this is why I have my channel. This is why I'm live streaming the three of us, right? Because we're three misfits, right? We're, you're talking about two, two freaking convicts, two people that has essentially been locked up their whole life. And a woman who's been homeless and, and abused most of her life. You're talking to three misfits. This is how America looks at us, right? Yeah. And three losers. Three losers. And yeah, well, we're not. And it's just this conversation that we had is is just. It, I I just don't understand how people can look at us the way that they do. You know what I mean? W without understanding, but. So either way. Um, another, another friend of mine from the comments says they are great together. They know each other so well that they allow each other to answer for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, a special kind of thing. I, I'm not really, like I said, it's quite overwhelming for someone like me to be compared to Frank, to, for him to tell me that, uh, in a particular instance that he's seen the same just bad in me that was in him and it, it, it kind of scared me away for a little bit I, I it was very hard for me to realize that he saw that part of me that and that it was there and that he recognized it is a very scary thought I, I I'm still kind of working with that because sure of course that'll shake that'll shake a lot of people because you've you've spent so much time trying to protect that. And somebody just comes and just looks through all of that and sees that you're like, whoa, like, well, you know, damn, I thought I put walls up against that. How are you seeing that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's different because he's he's not like normal people that see it. You know, anybody that's received the wrath of me deserved it. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really challenge it to where, you know, or, or acknowledge it, not challenge it, but acknowledge it in, instead of pushing me and pushing me and eventually yeah I'm, I'm gonna snap and then that's either caught at the wrong time and then i'm labeled once again as um bad and 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 and, and i can't get help see whenever she has gone off i'm one of those where i take the time and i need to know and understand so what could i have done wrong and in all of it I have always found that I had some, I said this and I said that, and I know those are her triggers, but in my emotions, I didn't think. And I just <clears throat> let it fall out of my mouth and that, boy, really put the gas on the fire, you know? Uh, 
And then I, I will. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll try. I'll try to. And I do. I try. I try really hard, but sometimes I still screw up. He does a good job. I'm just slow. You no. know, I'm slow and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm unwilling to to give in to the fact that he is generally caring for me. And I'm just afraid um, that there's a part to relationships with him or um, the next level thing that I can't I can't do for him. See, I could know? read it. I could read you something right now <laughs> that she wrote to me that I still have. And one day I'm going to say, tear it up, tear it up. You know, you want me to get it on the back of the picture? Yeah. No, 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 no. Because that's, that's between y'all don't, but what I'm saying is, is what she's saying, Frank, is a lot of how I feel as well. What one, I feel like, I feel like, and I'm sure you feel a lot that way too, but I just had this conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago. Like, I feel like I've been cheated at life. You know what I mean? I feel like I've been cheated in a lot of ways because like you were saying earlier about being in solitary confinement, you gave a lot of your life to that cell. You know what I mean? And I feel the same way. Like a lot of my life, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm turning 47 now and my body's getting older. I don't have the energy I used to have. I got to take a, a nap in the middle of the damn day now. You know what I mean? I can't even yeah. finish the day out. So it's, it's knowing that my body is now breaking down and that I gave most of my, my body to and experiences to prison. It's hard for me. Now. It's so yeah. hard for me to, to be involved with anyone because there's so many experiences that I want to experience for myself. And it's yeah. not fair to this other person. I feel like I got cheated out a lot of my life. Hell yeah. 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 But you, know? you see, I mean, I disagree with both of you. And, I, and I've said this before off camera, you know, and on the phone, that like when someone says, hey, I'm your friend, you automatically, the, the walls, the antennas come up and I'm going to end this conversation and I'm going to end this relationship. And that's because to me, I won't allow that. I've lived too long without love and friendships and family that I know what love is. And I'm not going to allow the actions of anybody, anybody to cause me to close my doors. I closed them once before and I went to another world. No, even if it's painful, I'm going to leave them open because when the real comes into my life, I'm just going to appreciate it all that much more. You know, Jessica came into my life. Had my doors been shut, it would have never happened. Never would have happened. And Mary wouldn't have happened. Well, and I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have met you. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's me reaching out to you that time I saw your yeah. tweet, your tweet on Twitter. You know, and us connecting from there. And and that's what I wanted to say before is that has led into me meeting two beautiful human beings. Yes. You know what I mean? And 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 I allowed myself for that to happen. You know, and so it's I'm grateful. I'm glad. Well, I yeah, value because... you. I value you're part of my little circle. Her circle now too. You're like our, we're like a little family. That's right. You know? Uh and that's to me what matters in life. Is friendship, love, the love. You know, to me, if I if, if you're my friend, that means I love you. And if I love you, that means you're my family. 
yeah, blood is thicker than water, but nothing's thicker than love. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what binds us together. And that's what gives us the strength to overcome all our weaknesses and give us the strength to, to endure others. Don't let it win no more. You know? Don't let those people and those bad things win. You know, I'm, I've always been a competitive person. And I think besides my son and, and, and not going to jail this whole time up until recently is because I did not want them to push me to that point, no matter how right I was and how deserving they were for me to pop off on them in more ways than one. I, I didn't want them to win that. And, and when it comes to past bad relationships causing harm in our lives now and keeping us from loving people is just giving that more power. And we have to stop that. You know, it, it, you have boundaries, you know, communicate and, um, and be willing to accept that love genuine people in our lives is possible. Um, we just have to be, like I said, the boundaries is a good thing. And, we're, we're willing to have to, we're have to we, we have to be willing to take those chances again after all the betrayals and the hurts. Because hurt, hurts, the, yeah. the hurt of, of betrayals, it is probably the worst. It's worse than any beating. You know, uh, it, it's, it leaves scars in us. But I believe love can get rid of those scars. Absolutely. That's, but that, it takes time. Like, I'm, I'm, look, at, look at the pain. Look at the pain in this woman. You know what I mean? This woman has so much pain in her. And the thing of it is, is that that takes time. And when we as human beings are constantly going out and, and receiving more pain every day, we never even have time to process the pain that has already occurred to us. Yeah. You know, and we're just walking around dealing with this pain. And that's what's beautiful about what you guys have is because you guys give each other that comfort to allow time to now start working out some of these I need processes. to be more patient. I need to be more patient with Jessica. I really do. I, 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 I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying hard. Because she's worth... She asked me one time, looked at me with a serious look. She was sitting on... And she looked and she goes, am I worth that? Am I really worth all that? It was easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she is. She is. She's a beautiful wonderful human being no absolutely and that's why i'm so perplexed because this this should be a successful woman and she be, should be living a happy life but yet she's not you know what well, i mean so change. so it's it's understanding why that is and her like i say her and i have been talking on the side and she for what this woman has said today alone in this discussion is monumental for a human being to change because when we become self-aware of what our detriment is then we know where to work on just like you just said you have to be more patient you know that that's what you have to work on and for me i was the same way but what what changed me is when a therapist told me like thomas you don't have to respond immediately all the time when you feel that, when you feel that urge to jump in and want to respond or jump in and help or jump in, when you feel that need to want to jump in and do anything, just stop yourself and ask yourself one question. Why do I feel the need to get in now? And that will te start teaching you the patience to step back and just look and say, is now even a good time? Is it a, strate you know, a strategic move? Should I be doing this? It, you know, and that has really helped. I'm st I still deal with it. Same like you. I always want to jump in before I hear everything or, 
or respond before I hear everything, you know, because my biggest thing is I want people to be comfortable. And when somebody's in pain, I just want to take that pain away from them yes. instantly. Yes, yes. It becomes, oh, yeah. Overcompensating. Yeah. Overcompensating. I mean, I, I've always been, if I cared about you and you have a problem and I can't take care of it, I feel guilty. Right. With Jessica, with Jessica, it's countless times that I feel, oh, I just feel crushed and I can't make her make it all go away, make the memories and well, everything. Experiences help with that, though, too. I mean, sometimes, like our children. Nobody wants your child to go through something bad. When we know that for a fact, almost 100% certainty, if our child is doing this, it's going to lead to this, right? But most kids won't listen, and they have to go through it on their own. Uh, the, the best parenting is just to be there on the other side to, to catch them when they fall, to not shame them. And, and, and I think that's all I'm ever used to probably is, you know, I went through things that most people go through, um, but I had opposite. I had people just making it worse during the whole time, and 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 not being patient, let me go through it, and adding to the problem for me. And and when I come out on the other end, there's no recovery time. It's only shame and, and guilt and and moving and, and having a child with me and, and 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 losing him. And it's it's like they all just watched it get worse, and they made it worse instead of letting me work through it and, and kind of encouraging me um, and being there for me, yeah. not their way. Like you said, help me not your way, help me my way. I'm working through it. I don't know. You've been through it. I have it. The deepest, the deepest sadness. I mean, I can't begin to describe it. The most hurt and sadness that I have ever felt is, yeah, she's tough and all that. But when we're together, she, she'll cry. And sometimes she'll cry for a long time. Tears just keep coming. And sometimes she sobs. So, and people don't see that. But she allows me to see. And I know. And I, and I hold her. It's okay. I just whispered. Sometimes I don't say nothing. There's nothing to say. You know, just to let her know I'm here. And I care. And I care. And then she collects herself. But people don't see that, that, truth, her, that truth in her. They don't see that. But see, like she just said, that, that's the process. Her brain is processing all this trauma in those moments. And, yes. and that I is, feel the, it. well, that's the beauty of it because she's in a place where she can do that. And like she was just saying, living with a child, homeless, trying to make sure you, you never have that opportunity to, to, to cry like that. You, you just don't have that. Right. You have to suppress that. So yeah, you just you just let her go through her motions, man. You know, and 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 what, something that's really a big relief for me is she doesn't judge me. She'll laugh at something stupid, but she never laughs at me. You know, and I do some dumb shit. <laughs> I I can be, but I'm not afraid of embarrassing myself in front of her. Yeah, because I know she doesn't judge me. She does. She'll laugh, but I know she's not laughing at me. Yeah, you just did some funny <laughs> shit. Yeah, well, I don't know, but it's kind of. I <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, he's he's experiencing things for the first time. Um, at, like on his birthday, I tried to. Um, I was very uncomfortable. I at that point, for sure, I did not want to meet new people. I but I, I put that aside to go with him for his birthday. You know, when we wore the stupid little hats and we got pictures and. 
Um, I almost was going to put cake in his face, you know, just because there's traditions and there's. Yeah, no, we yeah we don't do that though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't know it, but no. It but just... it was it was a it's, it's a birthday I'm never going to forget. And those are the people that, that of the ACLU. Mary, she flew out from from New York three times to visit me. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, people just I didn't know they were throwing a birthday party for me, and I was pretty overwhelmed. And her anxieties were really just i was aware of it we went for a walk to smoke a cigarette it was just so she could decompress but she's a trooper she stayed there from for me for me to share that i'll never forget that those are the things that that take root inside of me and it shows me the truth about a person amen their truth you know their realness well we got to yeah. We got to wrap this up, man. We've been we've been holding these people up for an hour and a half, man. This yeah, it's really been a great much. talk, but yeah, this has been a good one. The thing I love about this because I think like in about five years, life is going to be completely different, and we're going to look back at these videos, these old these old interviews, and just be like, wow, man, like look where we're at now, and look where we were at. You know what I mean? Amen. I hope I think so. I mean, I think this is the first part of the recovery process is to recognize um, and and to talk it out. I'm not used to that. I think know. it really takes people who have been through it to really be able. To, it takes like both of us. We're just like perfect, you know. In our imperfections, it makes us perfect for each other. That's right. No, that's absolutely right. <coughs> That's absolutely right. That's a, that's exactly what I say. This is why I say that I'm perfect, right? Because there is no other person on the face of the planet that is me. How more perfect can that be, right? And there's no person on the plate on the face of the planet like Jessica or like Frank. You guys are are singular entities. There is nothing more perfect than that. Thank you, Thomas. You too. Thank you, brother. You too, Thomas. I value you. <laughs> Does that mean I'm like like a value, like on the value meal at McDonald's? <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> no, small, no small fry there, man. No, <laughs> no, small, no fry. small fry. No small fry. No, I love you guys, man. And like I love you, you too, said, man. We're we're family, man. And 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 I'm always here for you guys. You know, you know that you guys, we we connect on the side, so. Uh, just reach out and and man, we'll we'll get you through. too. Like I yeah. said, you too. Yeah, you, you know. know. Ain't nothing ever so bad that a friend can't call up and say, I need to talk or vent, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. We know how yeah, tough that tough is. Man. Yeah. For we tough love guys you like us, yeah. For tough guys like us, it really takes somebody to kind of poke their head gonna, in. I'm because Jessica I'm not gonna poke to my something. head out. What? I'm gonna ask Jessica to do something. Oh Lord. Here we go. That is so original. <laughs> it's just so. <laughs> I'm gonna brand that. I'm gonna brand that. Well, there you go. That's that's on your TikTok now because you guys are forming a TikTok channel. Yeah, we're we haven't really talked about it, but last night was kind of rough. But um, yeah, we're we're gonna. I'm we're, working on it. She she's the brains of this outfit. I just support her. You know? Yeah. But I'm but I'm getting antsy too. We've been on here a little bit long. I'm, my body, I can't sit still. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like. What are we doing? No, so thank you guys for coming on. You guys take care, stay safe, and stay out of your emotions. Goes for all yeah. my listeners. Let's stay out of our emotions. Let's yeah. think critically. And most of all, let 
Let's not show our emotions in front of our children. That's one of the biggest mistakes Amen. we're making as, as parents is striking out emotionally in front of our children. So we need to start controlling ourselves. They, they learn it. They learn it that way for sure. My, my son has actually got disassociative disorder. And, and I, I did realize that a lot of it is from me. You know, a lot of it is, is cause I see him in me, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I definitely should have kept things away from him. It does no affect our children for sure. Absolutely. But, and that's but big of you to notice that. Yeah. Very oh, I know I had to. That. Yeah, I had to for sure. So yeah, get, get it away from the children. She's you know, a good mom. You're a good mom. There ain't nobody. To he's tell a good me. human being. Yeah. He's a good human being. I love right. you guys, man. You guys stay safe. We're out. All right. Peace. Hey, now.